0: I've talked on this podcast before about how important it is that you be confident in yourself to you be confident in your skill set and your abilities and that you transmit that confidence to whoever your target audience is, be it a future employer or a current employer or a contract that you hope to win or a client you would like to keep. Being confident in your ability to deliver on the goods and services that you promise is paramount to success. Because nobody's going to give you their money if they're not confident that you can uh, achieve the goals that you have set forth. Upon getting some feedback from listeners and also from reflecting on this myself, I think what the message that seems to be transmitted may be one about bluster or hype or false pride. And all those things are fine in marketing, certainly in advertising, you know, shining the best possible light on yourself and trying to put your best face forward is is absolutely natural. And we all do it in life. You know, we all try to put our best impression out to the world and try to minimize our defects. But that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is real, true confidence that comes from assuredness and a sense of real worth—that you know what your real worth is, and that you know what your true value is, and that you're not willing to compromise on your real worth. Now that's a lot. That's a whole lot to take on. But I'm going to try to share some thoughts that I hope will translate with you, and that you could take with you, and hopefully, to further achieve whatever the goals are that you set forth for yourself in your career that you could be really confident in your abilities to achieve whatever you've set forth and to do the things that you want to do and to see through and to have that point of pride that despite the adversity or despite the challenges that you may face or will face for sure in the course of your career, that despite that, that you put your best foot forward and you swung for the fences, as I like to say, and, uh, that you did the thing. There's a lot of people in the world that talk about doing the thing and that they could do the thing or they would do the thing if only. And there's a precious few that actually do the thing. And I want you to be one of those people who actually does the thing and doesn't say, well, I could have or I would have if only. If only is for people who talk. And doing the thing is for people who do. And it's important in your career success, and in your personal brand that you show that you can do the thing and that you have a record of doing the thing and not just talking about it. It's not just talk. It's real. Let's make it real. I want to thank you, as always, for your generous feedback and comments that you've given me to me to me uh, through the course of email. And direct message on Twitter telling me what's working for you and things that you've tried that have been a success in your life. And I I really value that. I really appreciate your reaching out and letting me know what you like about what you're hearing and what's working for you. It really, really helps me and gives me the motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. I really believe in what I'm doing and I'm trying to help people with my knowledge and what I have to share with the world. And so getting your feedback is of great value to me and I really appreciate it. If you have any comments or feedback regarding this podcast or anything that you hear or something that's working for you, you too can reach me at getmemichaelmack at gmail.com or find me on Twitter or Instagram at getmemichaelmack. You can also visit my website at mac g-e-t-m-e-m-i-c-h-a-e-l-m-a-c dot com. You can also find my Keep It Simple Marketing Tips blog, where I do uh, some writing about some of the issues that we discuss on the show, a little bit more at length, and with more resources and links that you can check out from uh, Forbes Magazine and Wired Magazine and some other sources that I think you'd find very valuable, so check that out as well. Okay, enough of that. Let's go ahead and get on with what we're here for. Patience is a marketing virtue. I'm oftentimes inspired by people who are of great success in their lives and by all accounts have no reason to doubt their abilities and yet have lingering and even debilitating self-doubt in the back of their mind. I don't find that inspiring because I think it's a virtue or because I think that that makes them cool. I find it inspiring because it lets me know that I'm not alone. And that there are other people who are a success in their lives. And even despite how successful they are and all that they have achieved, that they still wonder if they're really as good as they think or if they really have accomplished the things that they've set out for themselves. The reason I find that inspiring is not only because I'm not alone, because I suffer from these things too, but also because it shows that success is really quite fragile And it really is based on your perception of that success. It really has very little to do with the tangible outcomes of success or failure. It really has everything to do with your perceived value and your perceived worth and your perception of what you've accomplished as being real. And the transmission of that is, again, confidence. I know I'm kind of speaking in circular logic So I'm going to give you two examples of people that I've heard interviews with that I was shocked that they were always uh, doubting themselves and doubting their abilities and and thinking that they weren't even sure they had anything to offer. And to me, it's just ludicrous that these men, both of them are men, had these crippling self-doubt, but in spite of the fact, they were very, very successful in their careers. Now the first one may come as a surprise to you I don't know and if you're a little bit younger then you may even have to google this person to find out who they are but I saw an interview on CBS Sunday morning a couple years ago with uh, the I guess country pop singer Kenny Rogers and by all accounts Kenny Rogers has been a very very successful entertainer and singer and songwriter he's had a number of hits, you know, in the 70s and early 80s and whatnot and uh, has accomplished a lot in his life and it has really a lot to be proud of, really. He's done very well for himself. And in the course of the interview, he mentioned to the interviewer that every time he goes on stage, right before he's supposed to go on stage, that he still worries that nobody's going to be out there to see him perform or that he's not going to be able to sing the songs the way that he would like, or that he's going to forget the lines, or something, something ridiculous. He's been doing this for decades. He's been performing in front of audiences for decades, and yet he still has worries and doubts about his ability to do the thing that he has won international acclaim for doing. It's just ridiculous, but again... The point remains that Kenny Rogers has self-doubt, and I find that just incredible and also kind of touching and humanizing in a way. I know that when I started doing this podcast, I started several months prior, and I had done a couple episodes, and I was so embarrassed by it that I didn't even tell anybody. I didn't even tell my wife I had done them. Because I felt so silly, I was talking into a microphone, you know, about things that I thought I knew, about you know, con concepts that I wanted to share that I thought were important, that I could help people make a difference, and I just felt so silly, and so I stopped and I said, "Oh, this is this is ridiculous. Nobody's going to listen to this thing. It's not going to matter. What are you doing? You know, this is uh, you need to." You need to know where your talents lie, and it's not in talking into your microphone and thinking that somebody's going to care. And so I put down the podcast for several months, and I I nearly walked away from it. And I don't know what it was exactly that brought me back, but I do know that at one point, I thought to myself, You know what? I don't care if anybody does listen to this thing. It's not really about them. This is really about me. And it's about what I want to do and what I want to accomplish and what I want to share. And I want to have a record out there of me talking to a potential audience at least, and hoping that somebody's out there listening and that they hear what I have to say and it helps them in some way. Is there anything better than that? So I've picked up the line and I've consecutively made this podcast for several weeks now. And I've had some, you know, moderate success with it so far, and I'm very, very pleased. But more importantly than that is that I think that it's demonstrative of the fact that I'm the same person that I was several months ago and I'm talking about the same issues. The things I'm podcasting about now are the same things I've podcasted about before. Social media, uh, career advancement, your personal brand, you know, really understanding your value and so the only difference now is that I have the confidence to do with the thing that I'm doing and I'm not worried about if I sound weird or if I if nobody's listening or anything it really doesn't matter I think it's an important career lesson because really in the course of your career you define the success by which you live you define whether or not you've achieved the goals that you set forth it really isn't about attaining some kind of a level of achievement that matters to somebody else it matters to you so no matter how large or small your goals are for yourself it's important that you see them through because it's your self-esteem on the line it's your self-worth on the line and it's your value on the line so do this for you don't do it to impress anybody don't do it because you think you're gonna be a, make a million dollars which you might and i hope you do do it because it's important to you and that's enough reason to do it so i want to share that story about kenny rogers and i'll tell you about another person. I heard an interview with, that again, it's astounding to me that they could have such terrible doubts in them, themselves and their abilities when they've proven to be one of the most elite people in the world at what they do. The other person I want to tell you about is maybe not somebody that you would know their name, but you certainly know their work. So if I said the name Francis Ford Coppola... You may not ring a bell, but if I said The Godfather or The Godfather Part Two, you would know exactly who I'm talking about. Francis Ford Coppola directed The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, and Apocalypse Now, and a myriad of other films that have reached critical success, uh, award-winning success. And I heard an interview with Francis Ford Coppola not long ago, Wherein he talked about, and this isn't, you know, in the early days when he was just starting out as a director and a filmmaker. This was in the last couple of years that he made a film that he wasn't certain was going to be any good, and it really bothered him. He thought, "Oh my gosh, am I ever going to be a success?" And again, I, I was stag, I was just I, floored. I mean, the guy directed, according to most film experts, as being. One and two of the top films of all time, the best movies of all time, The Godfather and The Godfather Part II, are considered, you know, incredible film classics. And so how on earth could this guy think that he has nothing to offer or nothing that he has achieved when you've already arrived? You don't have to do anything else in your life, as far as I'm concerned, to be considered a success. But again, it really doesn't matter what he had achieved in the past because the success or failure was not really about the work. It wasn't really about the films or the awards or the, anything of the claim that he got. The success or failure that he felt was in between his own two ears. And in his mind, in his mind's eye, and the version of himself that he saw, he did not see himself as a success. And so that was what was critical. Now... Unfortunately, that has not stopped him from making movies. It's not stopped him from venturing into other industries where he is successful. I think he owns a vineyard now and he's now making wine with tremendous success with his wine business, which is good for him. But again, the idea that even somebody who is as successful as Francis Ford Coppola could have doubt and could wonder if he's any good at what he does um, just shows the power and the staggering debilitating power of self-doubt and how dangerous it is and how it can really keep you locked into not putting yourself out there. Fear of of failure is real. It really is. It's palpable. And it can really keep you from wanting to achieve things that are important to you in your life. And that's the last thing in the world that I would want for you or anybody would be to not take the chance because you're afraid that you're not going to make it It's true what they say, that the things at the end of your life that you really regret are the things that you didn't do, the chances that you didn't take when you could have. And so for those reasons, sometimes it is worth it with the right preparedness and the correct consideration and the proper resources to put yourself out there. Swing for the fences. This is not a dress rehearsal. You get one shot at this thing and you don't want to end up on the end of your life looking back and wishing that you would made different choices for yourself so go ahead and and put yourself out there and see what you're worth see what you can do because you're worth it you absolutely are you were not put on this planet just to suck air and pass time you're here for a reason and if you don't know what that reason is then it's time for you to find out because time's wasting it's time to get to work I'll tell you one more story from my own life that I hope would give you some kind of sense of comfort. I didn't have the hardest of childhoods at all, and I certainly didn't come from a bad family or a bad background or anything. So, this isn't a story about how I came from the most worst conditions and I overcame diversity and all that stuff. No, that's not me. Those stories exist out there, and I'm not going to pretend to be one of those people. But I am going to tell you that as a kid, I thought that I was ridiculously stupid. I thought I was really, really dumb because I was so bad at school and I got terrible grades uh, just about year to year. I wasn't even sure if I passed to go to the next grade from fourth to fifth grade or from sixth to seventh grade or even entering my first years of high school. I didn't know until I showed up that morning at the high school if I was going to make it into that grade or not. I was that bad of a student, and I really, really thought I was dumb, and I didn't know, and I don't know if it's because I grew up in a southern small town that didn't really have a lot of resources in a pretty poor area, but I was never tested for dyslexia, and so I always thought that I was just really, really stupid, and it turned out that, no, I wasn't dumb. I had a learning disability, and I have dyslexia, and that's why I struggled in school all those years. It wasn't because I wasn't smart enough. It's because I had something that was biologically prohibiting me from being able to read well and transposing numbers, and I still have problems with numbers today. But the fact is that that really limited my scope and my expectations of what I could do in my life, And what I thought I was capable of, it really did. And so for a long time, I kind of just limited myself to say, well, I'm really good in these couple key areas, but that's about it. And I can never do anything more than that. And that's okay. I could be a success here and I won't be any success anywhere else. But, you know, I I can live with that. It's important to understand your limitations, right? You're not always good at everything and certainly you don't have to be and that's okay. So I got through the first 10 plus years of my career as an art director and working in advertising and creative communication with with good success. I was very successful in my career and I was very happy. But I always get the nagging feeling that if I had more education or if I tried to get more education beyond my bachelor's degree, if I tried to go to graduate school, could I actually do it? Could I really make it into graduate school? And I was really hesitant because I did not want to fail in graduate school. I didn't want to get there and find out I was too dumb to be there. And that, you know, why did I even bother? And I talked to a friend of mine who was going through a doctoral program at Ohio State at the time. And he was very smart. He was getting his doctorate in, I think it was environmental engineering or something, And I asked him, I said, do you think I'm smart enough to go to graduate school? And he said, of course. Why would you think you're smart enough to go to graduate school? Of course you are. I said, well, I'm not really good at reading and math, you know, like it's hard. And he said, right. And I said, so isn't that a lot of what graduate school is? It's like a lot of reading and stuff. And he said, yeah, that's a lot of graduate school. It's a lot of reading. I said, well, you know, that's probably why I shouldn't bother then because I've have this, you know, reading disability. And he said, no, that just means you have to try harder. You may have to work harder at it than other students in the class, but that doesn't mean you're dumb. And certainly doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Well, for whatever reason, I took the initiative, and I took the graduate requisite exam, and I got a decent enough score to get accepted into graduate school at Marshall University's School of Journalism and Mass Comm. I spent the first full semester and a half in that program sure that I was too dumb to be there and that I really didn't belong. And at some point, somebody would figure out that they'd made a terrible mistake. Now I'm in my 30s at this point. I've been doing you know, career creative communication for 10 years and I still think I'm not smart enough to be in graduate school. Well, as it turns out, by the time I had finished my graduate program at Marshall, I had won Outstanding Thesis Award, which was writing, for my thesis on uh, encoding and decoding theory. I communicated with professors at Oxford University in Great Britain, and I was on the verge of being published into a um, mass communication journal. All things that I didn't think I was smart enough to do when I got there, and even while I was going through it, I didn't think I was smart enough to do it, But the fact was that I stuck with it. And I did have to work a little harder than the average bear in that program. But I did it. And I did graduate. And I did quite well. And I thought, look at me. I'm not the dummy I thought it was after all. Who knew? So I thought, well, that worked out so well. What else could I do that I didn't think I could do? So I went back to graduate school again. And... I decided that i wanted to get a graduate degree in something that i didn't know anything about now i would not recommend that to anybody ever but it's what i did and so i ended up getting a master's degree in sociology a field that i really knew very very little about going into and once again i really did exceptionally well in graduate school and i graduated with my master's in sociology uh, at this point I've considered going on to get a doctorate in mass communication. I've considered getting a master's in public health. I've considered getting a doctorate in public health. And that's just those are just goals that I've set for myself. And I might do it someday. I don't know. But the point isn't whether or not I go and get that third master's degree now or if I continue to get my doctorate in public health or not. What's important is that I've proven that I could do the thing. I didn't talk about, am I smart enough to go to graduate school? I didn't talk about, geez, what if? I actually tried. And even if I struck out, even if I was humiliated and people said, my God, you were off on graduate school. What were you thinking? I could still look them in the eye and say, well, at least I tried. That's more than what a lot of people do. So it's worth it. It's worth the chance to put yourself out there and try to do the thing that you want to do, even if you don't succeed The fact that you put yourself out there and you gave it an honest effort matters. It matters a lot. And don't discount that. And don't forget that no matter how successful you are or not successful you are, it doesn't really matter because the success or failure is all between your ears. And how you see yourself as a success matters so much more than how anybody else sees you as a success. So take that for what it's worth. Okay, that's all I have for you for this week. Again, I hope that you found this to be somewhat comforting in knowing that some of the smartest, most accomplished people that I know and that I've met have also had some of the greatest self-doubt in their abilities. And that can really be debilitating and really scary and even sad that some people can be so talented and don't want to put themselves out there because they're afraid... That they won't be able to do the thing that they really want to do, and that's gonna hold them back in life from really experiencing real joy. the joy that comes from trying and the joy that comes from just even participating in life. I'll tell you one more quick story, and i'm gonna I'm gonna end this, so my dream as a kid was to be a professional baseball player. And the only thing that prohibited me from fulfilling my dream was any lack of ability to play baseball whatsoever. I loved baseball, and I was terrible. I couldn't even make Little League. Like, I tried out for Little League. And I couldn't even ride the bench. I was that bad. And so I was really heartbroken that I I couldn't even, I literally couldn't even be, I, could, I was so bad I couldn't even make a team. So when I was working in my later years, the place I was working at developed a softball league and they said anybody who works here is welcome to join our softball team. I was like, oh, this is my opportunity. I can finally play baseball with other people and it'd be great. And so I explained that, you know, I'd never played baseball and I'd love to be on the team. They're like, okay, you can be on the team, sure. And um so I showed up to practices and did terrible. I batted in games and did terrible. I was on the field a couple times and played terribly. Uh, Not on purpose, mind you, but really, I I just don't have much skill uh, coordination. And it was bad, and it it was pretty bad. But the fact was that one time, I remember one time, I can still remember in my mind's eye, I was at bat, and I swung, and I hit a single into the shallow outfield enough to get me on base. And I ran to first base, and I was so thrilled to finally be on base for the first time in my life. The guy coming up behind me was batting. And this is a you know non-competitive recreational softball game. There's no real stakes. But I realized once I got on base that I didn't know anything about base running. And so he hit a single. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to tag my base or if I was supposed to run or... where would he go? And so for a minute there, I just kind of stood there on my base and he's running right at me like, we got to move, got to go. And uh, they tagged me out because I was an idiot and didn't know how to run bases. But I can still say that even though that was a short-lived time in my life where I played softball really, really poorly, I'll never forget the feeling I had when I got that one single And for once in my life, I got on base, and it was so, so liberating because even as bad as I was at softball on a work league with absolutely no stakes, it still meant everything to me to be able to play in that one game and to be able to make that one base hit. So it really doesn't, again, it doesn't matter how small the stakes are. It matters that you count when it counts. All right, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your time. I appreciate it. Again, if you have any comments or feedback from me, you can follow me on Twitter at GetMeMichaelMac or send me an email at GetMeMichaelMac at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. And uh, if you have any suggestions of things that you'd like to hear about, please let me know. All right, have a good week. Take care.